1: Sorry, man. 64 degrees. Well, you get a chilly day in May. It happens. It beats the heck out of five weeks ago. Oh. <clears throat> Can I stand? May I stand, brand for a moment? Please. Are you aware of a former big leaguer named Preston Wilson? Mm hmm. Uh, apparently, he is now a uh, broadcaster with the Astros. Okay. Uh, he had to apologize Saturday. He's an African American fellow, by the way, mm-hmm. right? Former outfielder. Uh, Preston Wilson. Uh, apologized Saturday for a reference he made to slavery during the television broadcast of the Astros' game against the Cleveland Indians. Oh, no. All right. Wilson, who played 10 years in the majors, was working the game for the Astros' uh, television affiliate. He brought up slavery during a discussion with fellow, Jeff Bag- or fellow ex-player Jeff Bagwell and color, uh, commentator Jeff Bloom about which pitches were the most difficult to hit. You with me so far? Okay. I don't know how you guys feel about this blummer and baggy, but for me, it was the slider. Wilson said in the bottom of the first inning, "I can take the fastball, but I actually had somebody ask me if I could go back in history and change one thing. I skipped right over slavery. It went to the slider. That's how I feel about it. I think it's a funny line.
2: What? So he's getting—he's
1: for- a black guy. He can say that.
2: He can get away with it.
1: That's funny." Wow. I hated the slider so much. Right. I skipped slavery to save. I'm going to get rid of the slider.
2: So I thought it was hilarious. He got heat from the viewing public then. Uh, according to... Or can I guess? Can I take a stab at it? Is Was this a case of the network, I believe it's Root Sports, that does the Astros no, they, games?
1: No, they are with AT&T Sportsnet Southwest. Oh, okay. I think he... I think he proactively apologized.
2: So that's okay. That's what I was going to get at. Are they doing this to get in front of the, the storm?
1: What's to get in front
2: I, I I agree with you. I, didn't, I don't
1: think it's... Oh, I got an even better one today coming up from the failed academy when you, when you <sighs> consider apologies. I got a doozy of an apology coming up. You know what it is? A,
2: a, a doozy. We're very sensitive these days, aren't
1: we? Uh, according to uh, uh, the Houston Chronicle, the 43-year-old then added, "I realized that was selfish. So then, after I thought about it, I was like, you know, maybe I should change what I said. But that's how hard it is to hit a slider in the big leagues." He had to. Then he apologized on social media. Saturday night, he said, uh, "Earlier today, I made a comment that may have offended people, and for that, I am sorry." He wrote on Twitter, "What I said was inappropriate and not a reflection of the Houston Astros nor AT and Sports Net." Uh, it's a not apology apology by the way he had the double one too an astro spokesperson did not immediately reply to an email seeking comment on Wilson's remark it's it's come to that huh it's come to that
2: he had appropriate along
1: with hey blummer and baggy I don't know about you guys but I hated the slider. Right. I mean, if I could go back, I think it was a clever line. Mm-hmm. If I could go back in history and change one thing, I, I'm skipping I'm skipping right over slavery, and I'm going to the slider. Right. I think that's funny. It's not a bad line. It's not a bad line. I don't know if a white guy gets away with it, No, he, a, he gets away with he it. He
2: can get away with it. A, a white guy might be in trouble.
1: I, I thought it was clever, and uh, it, I, I just it's just silly how... Somebody got to him and said... Hey, quickly say something uh, about this to uh, to distance the Astros and AT and T Sports Network from it. And so he said, "Sure, I'll apologize." It
2: was whether it was the guy in the booth with him, somebody, you know, the play by play guy. Somebody
1: got to him and and said, "Hey, hey, hey,
2: you gotta. We can't We that. can't take that
1: risk, right? Even though I thought again, I'll repeat for the twelfth time. Oh, that was funny. It was a funny line. <laughs> that shows you." How much he hated the slider. Right.
2: <laughs> he hated the slider I mean, he so hated much. The,
1: how much, how badly did he hate the
2: slider? Well, and you wonder too, that they, you know, someone, whether it was the producer, the, whoever it was that got to him, like you said, because you know, then all of a sudden it's going to be, Oh, we've got a sponsor. That's mad about this. Yeah, it's
1: just silly. It, it's, just, I agree. it's just silly.
2: I agree. Uh, the offsite correspondent downing has a good point.
1: Uh, we can't name a school after Patrick Henry because he owns slaves. Meanwhile, we can't name a team Aztecs because we don't want to offend Aztecs. I checked the internets. The Aztecs own slaves. Shouldn't that be the reason not to name your team the Aztecs? Remember the Aztecs came up the other day on the show? I don't San recall Diego that. San Diego uh, because they have to get rid of the uh, Aztec warrior Mascot. Ah. It's it's, uh, it's too offensive. It is very offensive. Ask me
2: what my takeaway was from the wedding of Harry and Meghan. <laughs> what was the mayoral takeaway from the wedding of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle? I wasn't paying any attention to
1: it, but I was alerted to turn my head away from the paper and look at the TV uh, because uh, Harry and Meghan... We're doing that pretend drive away like a normal couple. Okay. In a Jaguar XKE. Oh, I sprang out of my chair. You hit the replay? I went, I don't know how to do that. Okay. Went right over to the TV and got in there close and looked at it and thought, oh, what a, that's about a 68 Jag. That is the, that is what Enzo Ferrari called the most beautiful car in the world. Jaguar XKEs are not cost prohibitive. They're so, they're so uh, rare. Uh. And I thought, oh, man, that's neat. I wonder if Harry owns that. Uh, And then I decided to do a little homework. (laughs) Because you couldn't help yourself. So today, I I said to myself, check on that Jag. It's a damn electric car. No. It's a concept car made by an outfit called Concept Zero, which may be affiliated with Jaguar Land Rover. I didn't have uh, time to continue to pursue it. That what year margin. what year did you say it was? Well it's a, it's a brand new uh, recreation of a 1968 SKE, okay uh completely electrified. There's no uh there's no engine. It's an electric motor. You're kidding no. me. Uh, the royal couple made their way from Windsor Castle to Frogmore House in a stylish silver blue Jag E-Type Concept 0, an electric version of the 1968 British classic. Uh, Concept Zero combines the renowned E-Type dynamic experience with enhanced performance through electrification, said Tim Hannig, director of Jaguar Land Rover Classic. This unique combination creates a breathtaking driving sensation. Our aim with Concept Zero is to give Classic Jags a sustainable future in changing environmental and economic conditions. B as in B, S as in S. You're not going to make enough of them to make any difference because they're three hundred and fifty grand a pop,
2: right? And I guess that's what my question would be, because you're trying to appeal to the the crowd loving uh, uh, fan base with a, with a vehicle like this. Nobody's going to buy it.
1: It was left hand drive too, uh, which uh, the royal watchers believed was a nod to uh, Meghan Markle being an American. Now I don't know if if Concept Zero gifted that car. To them or just to get was, the free pub. Just clever enough to plant one there. Sure. So they could get the pub. And uh, uh and the boy they got it for me. There you got a guy in St. Paul, Minnesota talking about
2: concept zero. Let me ask you a quick question. Mm-hmm. You were uh you were reading the paper. All I took away from the wedding was the car. Mm-hmm. You were Only
1: re- to be heartbroken. To find to out to learn. Well, you know what they remember when uh Uh, Who's his brother? William and Kate? William and Kate. When they got married, remember what they did their drive-off in? I don't. They did it in their dad, Chuck's uh, Aston Martin, about a 1967 Aston Martin, that Chuck had turned into an electric car. Not even a recreation. He
2: gutted. He said, hey. Well, he had people do it. He gutted, you know, to pretend he was saving the earth. Of course. Um, You were reading the paper. Yep. You were alerted to the vehicle, or you just happened to notice the vehicle? Oh, the, the CP said, "Hey, look at this car." So, were there a number of people watching it? Were you no. leapt in front of to no, no. in front of the television? Only like two people in the
1: house, and I just, <laughs> I just planted myself in front of the TV because I didn't want to... I, I God, look at this car! At the time, believing it to be an authentic Jag, and 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 then wondering to myself, "Wow, it's an America, it's an American, it's a right hand. I mean, it's a left hand drive, man." Only to look it up and be crestfallen. That is pretty heartbreaking. And like I say. Uh, who are you kidding, Jaguar Land Rover, that you're trying to uh, keep Jaguars in a sustainable future of climate change and economic
2: uncertainty? About three people in the world can afford the damn thing. And of those that could afford it, who would actually want one that was an electric? I, I would not. Yeah, I would not. See, Although
1: the body uh, and interior are extraordinarily faithful to the, uh, to the original car. That's cool. Uh, just a minute here. As soon as I can figure this out. Okay. I got to come back with a tirade.
2: And live inside of the TCL broadcast studios, this portion of Garage Logic today is brought to you by Robert W. Baird and Company.
1: You know how the Aston Martin got into the James Bond films? No, I either was told this or read it. I just did a quick Google search, and I can't, I can't confirm it. Um, they, the manufacturer, uh, took a DB5 and went to the set of Goldfinger
2: and parked it there, hoping it would be noticed. It would gain attention, and it did. Really, and it
1: became Bond's car. Yeah.
2: They just so the producer or whoever said, "Wow, look yeah, at that thing. let's use that that's pretty cool, all
1: right, I have a little tirade, oh no, well, yeah. all right, here we go, okay, I'm ready in the in the small percentage of metropolitan residents who bicycle uh regularly uh most principally I'm talking about the 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 hardcore cyclists who uh Uh, maybe commute on the bicycle. Try to ride it as often as possible for whatever reason they might have. Mm -hmm. Economic reasons, health, whatever. In that, that's about 1.2% of the metro area that would would use the bicycle Mm -hmm. so regularly. In that extraordinarily small percentage, I am certainly willing to acknowledge there are many, many conscientious riders Mm -hmm. because they're smart. The conscientious riders are smart enough to know, like any motorcyclist, that when you're on two wheels, you're, you're, you can be a sitting duck. you got to be careful. Head so on a swivel, are, yes, There absolutely. are many, many, many conscientious riders. To those conscientious riders, I must tell you, there are so many riders who aren't conscientious, they're going to turn your world upside down. Mm-hmm. Here's my story. Oh. I don't know if the listeners can picture it, but I'll, 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 I'll spell it out for you. Uh, the intersection in St. Paul of Otis and Marshall. If you are uh, eastbound coming across the Lake Street Bridge mm-hmm. into St. Paul, it would be the first stoplight you'll encounter. Okay. If you're westbound coming down the, the hill, coming down Marshall, uh, it's the last stoplight you'll encounter before you're on the bridge and crossing into, into Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Yep. So <clears throat> Marshall and Otis, stop sign, electric stop sign. This weekend, and today as well, it was on, it was on its blinking uh, motion. Meaning all cars had to to come to a stop. All four had to come to a stop and take their turns. And and so I'm I this is at two o'clock yesterday afternoon. I I stop and I take my turn and I notice other people stopping. Obviously, we're all going to take our turns. And then we'd start, and then all all many of us had to slam on our brakes because westbound bicyclists barreling down Marshall didn't stop. I am shocked that no one died. I really am. And what what the, and there was cyclist after cyclist. This wasn't one or two. You had to really be careful as a in an automobile to clear that intersection right. because not only were you taking your turn with cars, you had to make sure that not another moron was speeding westbound down Marshall Hill and was going to fly through that red light without stopping. That's, and that's what they did. And that's Asinine. Be- I
2: can't. I. I was you shocked. You are, and you, as that bicyclist, you're thinking, "Well, everyone's just going to watch out for me." When it's the exact opposite approach you should have when you're on a bike driving through traffic.
1: I get it. When you're on a bicycle, and let's say you're on Mississippi River Boulevard, uh, and you go through the stop sign in your own little bike lane, I I can understand that because you're not you're you're not being contested. Uh, By other traffic. By oncoming traffic, You're not being contested by it, particularly, let's say if you're on Mississippi River Boulevard and you're southbound. Mm -hmm. The only thing to your right is the river. You have no traffic impeding on you. Mm -hmm. So when you come to a stop sign, I can see going through it. I I get that. That's probably even legal for all I know. But you're on Marshall Avenue. You're flying down the hill. All the vehicles are stopped at four-way blinking red lights, taking their turns, and you fly through the intersection without stopping?
2: You're just, you're begging, oh. You're you're, begging to be dead. Right. If you go, the same thing, Joe, if you drive through campus here, because sometimes on occasion I have to go that way to get home because I don't want to mess with as, I want to be off the freeway as much as possible. Mm -hmm. So I will go the back route around TCF Bank Stadium to get over to 35. Mm -hmm. Going through there, none of the bicyclists that drive through campus Stop at any of the stop signs.
1: Well, I I, I gave, uh, at the beginning, uh, I did say, I am willing, bicycling community, to acknowledge that there are conscientious riders sure, among you. Sure, But if this BS keeps up, the hell with you. you you're going to lose your biking privileges. I don't see how, I, I don't know
2: how why no one died. And I really don't. Same thing over here. I don't know how there, that doesn't happen at least once a day.
1: And these range from the... uh the riders, completely outfitted in their in their uh, Italian gear and wearing a helmet, to
2: people in uh, Bermuda shorts and flip flops without a helmet. And then one time, there's that new target that's right across from where um, Blarney's pub is. I know. Just I'm just unfamiliar with that. right here on campus. Oh yeah, okay. Just I think it's Fourth Street, I believe. Yeah. The one guy I saw, I'm at the stop. It's four way stop. Same same situation you were in. It's a four-way stop. It's my turn to make a left-hand turn mm-hmm. to get back up to get on the freeway. Mm-hmm. Here comes guy on his bike. Didn't stop for any of us mm-hmm. texting, really, on his phone, really. And I thought, are you? Do you have a death wish? Like what? You know, you serious bicyclists
1: who, uh, again, you're. There's not a great percentage of us who are, but there are some. You better talk to your fellow bicyclists. Say, hey, pay
2: attention. Yeah. I never saw anything like it. Oh, it's... How could you take that risk? With as many people who are behind the wheel and don't pay attention when they're driving their car, if I was a person that rode my bike, there's not a chance I wouldn't be expecting everyone behind the wheel of a vehicle to try and kill me. Okay, picture this scenario. Check this out. Because I saw this yesterday. You're
1: westbound on Marshall... On your bicycle. And it's a hill there that benefits you. You're getting up ahead of steam. Mm -hmm. And now all of us in cars at Otis and Marshall, we're taking our turns going through that light. Yep. One of the people uh, whose turn came to go was taking a left from Marshall onto Otis to go north on Otis. Okay. Slammed on the brakes because a cyclist was coming westbound and didn't stop. And that car taking the left had really no ability to see that bicyclist because he's coming down behind the cars that are dutifully stopping at the red light. And here comes the cyclist and a left turner, paying attention, thank God, slams on the brakes and didn't hit the moron. And what would happen had he not stopped I mean, probably would have been oh it's the evil, evil vilified, and we had to put up the ghost bike and and uh, i'm not talking about any recent deaths of cyclists by the way i'm talking uh, in, in a, this a, case
2: specifically in a larger
1: dynamic uh, bicyclists are uh they, they're earning their political identification and they're they imagine themselves to be some not all not all but many of them imagine themselves to be uh a protected class, and so when one, uh, if if somebody would have died yesterday at Marshall and Otis, the uh, the well, we're still waiting for the information on uh, uh, Mister Grand's situation mm-hmm. uh, on Snelling and Summit from more than a week ago. We're still waiting for the official uh, account of that. Uh, but fortunately, yesterday no one died, uh, and I I'm amazed that no one died. Just absolutely amazed is height ready i believe so Uh, okay uh i can't see to take us to break commencing garage logic
2: segment number three
1: looks like we have a make-a-move on eastbound 94
3: at lexington Apparently, uh, what the uh, MnDOT map is saying is there's a hazard on the road at 94 eastbound at Victoria Street, Mm -hmm. uh, and it says the left shoulder is blocked. From our camera, though, it looks more like the left lane, Mm -hmm. the left shoulder blocked, and it looks like, uh, we think anyway, a fire engine is there, so not sure uh, what... uh... I should turn this
2: on. Uh, Either way, both directions, Mm -hmm. just avoid Mm -hmm. it. At all costs. Yeah, 94 because,
3: is clogged up. Yeah, westbound I and eastbound. Got the area. old Gawker slowed down. Oh, yeah. Area of Lexington. Mm-hmm. So. Here's John Height. Thanks, Joe Cloudy. And 64 degrees, the Detroit Tigers in town to open up a three-game series against the Twins at Target Field tonight. Of course, the Tigers managed by former Twins manager Ron Gardenhire. Tonight, Jose Barrios goes for the Twins. Blaine Hardy will pitch for the Tigers. You know, Guardy will show me something if he
2: gets out there in, like, the first inning. It just gets thrown out yeah. right away for old time's sake. <laughs> what huh? a
1: division, though, huh? You win one game, you climb back up to a game and a half out of first place. Yeah. Uh, four it's... games under 500.
3: Yeah, Cleveland's 22 and 23 yeah. and leads the division. So you're telling me there's a chance? Well, oh, there's a hell of a chance. <laughs> uh, four weeks after parting ways with Chuck Fletcher, it looks like the Wild have found their new guy. Uh, Elliot Friedman reported that the Wild owner, Craig Leopold, has decided on their next GM, Paul Fenton. He would leave his post as an assistant in Nashville to become the third GM in wild history. Uh, the uh, confirmation has come from several other people, too. So it looks like Paul Fenton is the new GM.
1: John, if I might. Yes. Uh, Joe, go ahead, please.
3: Hey, i wanted one of them Italian guys we're talking about. Um, no, what happens is with bicyclists, especially road bikers, okay, you whip up to the stop. There's a four-way stop. I'm going to time it. I want to keep moving. I don't want to come unclipped because my feet are clipped to my pedals, and I want to keep the momentum going. But I'm going to time it so the car next to me, I go with that car. Now, the problem is, okay, I'm not going to let you run me over, right? Agnes okay. in her minivan, they got the right-of-way, because I'm dead. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have the right-of-way. Right. I understand that. All right. But I'm also, I what I hate is I get up there, and I'm still moving now, mind you, and then it's their turn to go, and they sit and stare at you. Mm-hmm. and it's like and you're sitting there going well go it's like come on and then i'm gonna go with the car next to me right. You know What right i'm saying i think I what do. happens is everybody everybody freaks and then they all stop all right. and then well
1: now
2: here we go all right and then does, does that make sense yes
1: you know it, I, I yeah i'm gonna give you my good luck too good luck right. <laughs> huh? who's this huh? on line one chris uh that's dave dave go ahead please oh uh i guess i had a uh a, a, a situation last week where i was wiggling through downtown st paul area um near the Alleys neck of the woods
3: and there was a bicyclist next to me and this was kind of going against the previous caller
0: <clears throat> um in the right away thing where they they drive it on the road and there's two lanes two narrow lanes and i'm kind of trying to watch make sure i don't clip with my mirror
3: and and then you stop stoplight will uh the, the cars
1: on the road but then this person comes up and just plows right through a red light well he's lucky so, he's not dead yes I guess all right thank you
3: thank you here's John all right thank uh-huh. you Joe News notes from today uh, the 2018 legislature adjourned last night after passing bills over the weekend that include tax cuts conformity with federal tax law new school funding and building projects around the state however a lot of those items may not become law because Governor Mark Dayton could veto some of them. What's he care? He's a lame duck. At a news conference late last night, the governor said, quote, the Republican repetition of gross untruths continues. He went on to say Republican actions on many of the bills were, these are his words now, appalling, vile, and disgusting.
1: Yeah, those evil Republicans want you to have more of your own money. Repo- Isn't that
3: terrible? Republican legislative. Yeah, is hearings- terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible, man. It's terrible. Republican legislative leaders helped the, their own, held their own news conference saying, Dayton continued to constantly make new demands that made it nearly impossible to pass bills that he would sign. Senate Majority Leader Paul Gazelka said, In the end, I can't control what the governor is going to do. I can't control when he moves the goalposts. While the House and Senate may have passed the 1,000-page government spending package, the governor has vowed to veto it. Last week, he also vetoed the Republican tax bill, arguing it favored multinational corporations rather than real Minnesotans. And don't forget, the governor said he wouldn't sign a tax bill without the legislature also approving $138 million in emergency education aid. So yesterday, Republicans combined an education and tax bill into one bill. It includes income tax cuts, Tax conformity, along with making $225 million available to schools struggling with budget deficits, Republicans say $50 million would come from the budget reserve, and school districts could access another $175 million in various existing accounts. During an interview in Ad issue Sunday morning on 5 Eyewitness News, the governor said, I'm not optimistic about signing the Supplemental Budget and Policy Bill. By late Sunday, he said he remained likely to veto the The bills, he has 14 days to decide what action to take on any bills passed on Sunday. A father and his four-year-old son are dead after a kayak overturned Saturday on Hart Lake in Hubbard County. Mm. Hubbard County Sheriff's Department got a report around 1.25 in the afternoon Saturday that the kayak had overturned on the lake. Two kayakers uh, kayakers had not come to the surface. First responders discovered the kayak upside down but found no immediate sign of either 42-year-old Jesse Anderson of Northwood, Iowa, nor his child. After Where was this, John? It was on Hart Lake in Hubbard County. Mm-hmm. After initiating a search, the child was discovered in the water. Rescuers began CPR. He was airlifted to the U of M hospital. Released uh, yesterday, said he had been taken off life support and died. And the dad has not been found? The dad was found. Oh, he, he was uh, He's also, yes, he is also dead. Uh, neither Anderson nor his son were wearing a life jacket, according to a press release from Hubbard County officials. Well, you don't put
2: your kid in a life jacket, huh? Well, the
1: water's too cold for starters. You you a life jacket at
3: least give you a fighting chance. Mm -hmm. Four year old. Yeah. God almighty. President Trump meeting today with Justice Department and intelligence officials to talk about his order to look into whether his 2016 presidential campaign was infiltrated or surveilled under the Obama administration. Trump will meet in about a half an hour with Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, FBI Director Christopher Wray, and Director of National Intelligence Dan Coats, according to a White House official. Can we go back to this kayak mm-hmm.
1: problem? We don't even know if that guy could swim. I'm going to guess that he could, which would then lead me to believe that the water was cold enough to incapacitate him. Mm-hmm. And this was Saturday that this Saturday happened? Saturday
3: afternoon, yes.
1: Yep. Even even water temperature at 60 degrees is too cold, it isn't is it?
3: It is too cold. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Fans who have been holding on to Bob Seger. So, but thank God you put your four-year-old kid in, yeah. in that type of jeopardy, too. Mm-hmm. Fans who've been holding on to Bob Seger concert tickets uh, have some good news. The fully recovered Detroit rocker will get back on the road in November, 13 months after abandoning his tour for emergency spinal surgery. The announcement ends a long wait for fans across the U.S., some who uh, had become increasingly concerned the singer might be bowing out for good in wake of the seriousness of the operation. The tour does stop here. It'll be at the Excel Energy Center December 12th. It had originally been scheduled for November. He was here a few years ago at the X. Uh, 14, 2014, I think was the last time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all tickets for the original date will be honored at the new date, and uh, that's a Wednesday, December twelfth. Tickets also available at BobSeger LiveNation.com, and the Excel Energy Center box office. I wonder if he still goes home each night after the show.
1: Uh, well, That's right.
3: He he's uh, yeah he, he's a homebody. He flies say. home after the show. Got to be home for the news. Got to be and home. Lives in a, a nice little compound in Michigan. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. well when you have your own plan you can do a lot of that weird <laughs> stuff. Yeah.
2: But does he play so does he
3: play the next day or does he go several days between <laughs> I don't I don't know how the schedule's set but uh, hmm. I I don't I don't, Why think, not, John? I don't think he travels by bus. Let's put it that way. I gotcha. I don't think Bob does. No.
1: I think he made his dough doing Chevrolet ads. Like a rock. Like a wow, rock. Wow, yeah, but he had
3: gigantic, No, I understand yes, that, yes, but
1: yeah. I mean that that's just a constant check in his mailbox, that uh, like a rock well, thing. Well, so is night moves, though. That's I mean, true.
3: Yeah. That, that thing for 40 years has been making him a mint.
1: Uh, Dave Dahl coming up?
3: I believe so. You
1: cannot stop it. You
0: just make a move. Joe Sucherey. Here's Dave Dahl. Joe, we're at 64 degrees, kind of creeping upward this afternoon. We're getting a little hint of sunshine here in eastern Minnesota, but showers are all around us. From southern Minnesota, southwestern parts of the state, west central portion of Minnesota, showery uh, and very cool weather. Temperatures staying in the mid-50s this afternoon, uh, just to the west of the metro. But because we're getting that hint of sun, our temps are going up a little bit. We should reach a high of about 68 and some isolated or scattered showers, still a possibility, through about 10 p.m. tonight. Then it'll start to clear off after that. Mostly sunny, a warmer day tomorrow, up to 78. Wednesday looks pretty good. Partly cloudy skies in 80, but there could be some thunder showers developing. Um, again, late Tuesday night into early Wednesday, and again, late Wednesday into early Thursday. Thursday's high 82, Friday 84 over the weekend. Um, low 80s for highs, both Saturday and Sunday. Dry. By the time we get to Saturday afternoon, Sunday dry, and Monday for Memorial Day. Right now it's looking warm, 85 and humid, but it should stay dry as far as the uh, thunderstorms go. Again, tonight, Joe, scattered showers, some isolated thunder out there as well. A low down to 55. Right now we're at 64.
1: All right, thank you. I was reading a Los Angeles Times account of the school shooting in Texas. And what did I just hear? You hear something weird? Mm -mm. Uh, The family of the 17-year-old suspect, Junior Demetrios Pagortis, uh, the family now, uh, they're as shocked and as confused as anyone, uh, according to a statement released to the media. We are gratified by the public comments made by other Santa Fe high school students that showed Demetri as we know him. A smart, quiet, sweet boy, the family statement said. While we remain mostly in the dark about the specifics of yesterday's tra- tragedy, what we have learned from media reports seems, seems incompatible with the boy we love. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying I'm it. I'm not either. One of uh, Pagortas' classmates who died in the attack, Shana Fisher, had four months of problems with this boy her mother, Sadie Rodriguez, wrote in a private message to the Los Angeles Times. He kept making advances on her, and she repeatedly told him no. Pagortas continued to get more aggressive, and she finally stood up to him and embarrassed him in class, Rodriguez said. I I don't know what that means, what she would have done to embarrass him. But so what? So you can't withstand being embarrassed? A week later, he opens fire on everyone he didn't like, she wrote, Shana being the first one. Rodriguez did not say how she knew her daughter was the first victim. And Fisher's friends said they could not corroborate the fact that she was the first victim. The gunman repeatedly taunted students during the attack, according to another harrowing account posted to Facebook by one survivor's mother. After scrambling to escape the shooter's blast in the art room, Isabel Van Ness, covered in dust uh, from rounds hitting her classroom walls, could hear the shooter in the next-door classroom yelling, woo-hoo, while shooting, according to her mother, Deidre Van Ness. The gunman then came back into their room, and they hear him saying, Are you dead? Then more shots are fired. By this time, cell phones all over the classroom are ringing, and he's taunting the kids in the closet, asking them, Do you think it's for you? Do you want to come out and answer it? Then he proceeds to fire more bullets into the closet. Police arrive within 10 minutes as Isabel hid among the bodies of her classmates, and she could hear the shooter reloading after an exchange with police her mother wrote. Soon after, the shooter surrendered. She and her friends have been in the same room with the gunman the entire time, her mother wrote. As the media announces the names of the confirmed dead, Isabel falls apart. She had prayed that her friends lying around the school were just injured and the confirmation of their deaths was crushing. Two bombs that Pagortas allegedly brought to the school Friday were intended to be IEDs, improvised explosive devices, but turned out to be non-functional. Okay, here's what I want to know. I'm just not buying the parental BS. I, I'm just not buying
2: it. And I don't understand what that parent stands to gain by releasing a statement like that. By saying we, this is not the kid we yeah,
1: knew and loved. Well, he was quiet. Just okay, don't say anything. Okay, here's what I want to know. It's a dreadful. It's a dreadful question, but it's. I think it's pertinent. What we don't know is how many tragedies have been prevented. Yeah. By parents who aren't morons. Well, you can't tell me, you can't tell me that you have this angelic kid who, just, and then, but today he one decided day, to yes. not be angelic and go shoot people. You can't tell me that. You can't tell me you could not have been aware of that. How many tragedies, I wonder, have been prevented by parents who say, you know what, there's something wrong with Charlie.
2: Not just parents. Mm-hmm. Wasika. Mm-hmm. We had the kid that had mm-hmm. the the storage locker full yep. of stuff, and yep. there was a, it was a woman, right? Yep. I said, what, "Why does he keep walking back there every mm-hmm. day?" Mm-hmm. Thank God she said something. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know.
1: Uh, well, I, I I guess what I'm saying is I just don't believe it. I don't believe you uh, telling me that uh, this this is not the uh, son you knew. Well, Who in the hell was he then? I I just don't buy it.
2: I was reading a uh, transcript of an interview with a child psychologist that was talking about that had no ties to either the shooter or anything, but just the basic sum is something you've been bringing up, that the moral and ethical bottom has just fallen out. Right. And saying that the frightening thing she's discovered is that kids today are so desensitized to violence. Mm -hmm. And it's a combination of things. It's you know video games and everything else, but... Because so many of these things that these kids now have at their possession are so lifelike. It's not like the video games we played 30 years ago, but so much of that has consumed their everyday life that they are desensitized to violence.
1: They're also desensitized. Well, how do I say this? Uh, what we have here goes beyond being thin-skinned. This, this devil, this evil human... Uh, could not take uh, a apparently could not take uh, rejection rejection uh, from this gal he fancied, and then two when she finally had enough and did whatever she did to embarrass him. Maybe she did nothing more than say so that everyone could hear it. Uh, Demetrio, I'm not interested in you. Leave me alone. Maybe that and that that's sufficient. I suppose you could consider that an embarrassment in the classroom. And, and he can't take that, so he goes and gets an arsenal and comes back to school and shoots people, mm-hmm. and then you as the parent, you're going to tell me,, oh, that's not the kid we knew." Well, who in the hell did you know then?
2: Yeah, and how absent were you then as a parent?
1: Uh, I, I I didn't read enough to know where he got the gun. was it was It was, it was it? the dad Well then then the, then these parents have to be start being held accountable to.
2: Don't they? I, if you ask me, yes, yes, they should. But we had. The, this is pathetic? The the, the the previous shooting, remember, or maybe it wasn't the previous one. The weapons were taken away from the kid, given to the father, and then dad gave them back that, to him. That's right. That's right. Was that Parkland? You know what's so sad? It's tough to keep them straight. No, that was the Waffle House. Wasn't that the Waffle House <laughs> shooting? I don't know. know.
1: All I know is invariably you read that parental reaction. Mm -hmm. And I'm just saying B as in B, S as in S. Either that or you are so detached and so remote from your kid that on the rare occasions where you might be interacting with the kid, the kid's been entirely pleasant, so you just assume he's an entirely pleasant kid. It's just beyond my comprehension. It really is. Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The initial reports of the Texas school shooter reported or included the fact that he wore a trench coat to school
2: every day. Remember, we were talking about that in Texas, Texas where it's hot. But you don't notice that as a parent? What's wrong with you? Why are you not paying attention? You're
1: not. My kid ain't wearing a trench coat every day.
2: It's not going to happen. And even if he was sneaking, you would say, hey, what are you doing,
1: What the hell are you doing wearing a trench coat? It's 92 and humid. Oh, he was a sweet, loving kid. We don't know what this is. B.S. 1500 ESPN is KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's 64.